Yeah, I don't know. Just leave it there. Wonderful. Now how? Now how is it? Because it's from a. It's from a. Yes, it's, it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing I'll say. This coffee with isn't very good. No, it's okay, but it's from that machine over there, yeah. You can tell that it's from the machine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I drink so much coffee. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it's just... That's okay, though. I mean, I'm drinking it. Mm, and it's your source of energy, is it? The... Not really. No, um, no. I, I would be more a tea person. See? I would drink a lot of tea in the morning. I would maybe have a coffee, you know, five o'clock in the afternoon or something like that. But I'm not. I tend not to drink too much of it because I do get wired with it, <laughs> get a bit jittery. What well, it, it is strange, isn't it? Because it can really give you a boost. And oh if you yeah, have, absolutely. Like, and you sometimes go to these fancy coffee places and they put so much in there. <laughs> and afterwards, I just I feel like I don't know what's happened to me. I'm just like buzzing. It's just the caffeine, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, I'm used to coffee, but sometimes it can give you a shock. Absolutely, yeah. Especially if you do like the old, you know, double espresso. And oh no, yeah. <laughs> well, they'll creep it up on you these days. They'll put two in yeah. without you asking. Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just to try to get you addicted. <laughs> yeah. I think That's so. That's not right, is it? Wow. I mean, now you say it, it's quite clever. I suppose it is, yeah. Mm. yeah. But yeah, I will have tea normally, but uh, I have to make it. Because mm. getting tea somewhere like the would just oh, end no, you can And when you go abroad as well, you know you can't get a proper cup of tea. They don't understand that the water has to be hot. <laughs> They've got no concept of that at all. Especially in Spain, really. They go hot. I go yeah. You know calor, <laughs> um, caliente, bubble, bubble, bubble. Ah, okay. And then they bring it back and it's exactly the same. Just this lukewarm. Well, sort they put of. it in the microwave and oh. the cup is boiling. So the, the cup's like this, but the tea's still cold. <laughs> it's completely pointless. Oh, it's so strange. Yes, yeah. yeah. But I, the, the tea bag has to be in there for a long time for me, for it to proper, you know... Okay. Proper builder's, builder's, builder's tea. tea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, you're here in Cardiff... Yeah. ...doing your stand-up uh-huh. stuff. I yeah. mean, are you... Is this a habit for you? Are you... <laughs> well, I mean... See, in my head... I can't break this habit of comedy. I've been trying on my... just addicted to it. Well, you see, the thing is, in my head, you are theatre, one-man show. Yeah, that's true, actually. And, and, and yeah, I suppose um, that is true. I, I, I pr- I'm probably seen more as, more as, a, as, a, as a sort of... Um, I don't know. They, ca- they find it hard to pigeonhole me, I think. Um, I think uh, Time Out used to call it a stand-up theatre, mm. which I suppose is what it is. It isn't what I'm doing tonight at the Glee Club, I have to say. <laughs> I'm doing 20 minutes of, you know, punchy um, stand-up, but, uh, which I can do. But I think I, I prefer to, um, I prefer to, you know, diversify a little bit and, you know, do lots of things. Mm. And in a way, that kind of, it's like a finger in every pie, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and that, you know, can be difficult... I've had agents over the years saying, "Yeah, but you have to get your profile up in this area, and do, you know you can't do so much of this, and you can't do that." And in the end, I end up sacking them. And, oh, well, you know, this is what I want to do. So, yeah. yeah, but I mean, is the stand-up kind of um, is it what you really want to be doing? I don't know. Um, that's a good question. Probably, probably not actually. Um, I mean, I enjoy it. You know, I I enjoy doing stand-up, but I mean, I've been doing it for quite a number of years now, 
and I probably would prefer at the moment to be, say, directing a film or something, mm. which is what I'm trying to do at the moment. I'm writing a, a screenplay for the Northern Irish Screen. They commissioned me to do um, a feature film based on my stage play. Right, so you've written it as well. I'm writing it at the moment. Uh, they, you know, they give me a few quid to do it. They said, "Okay, we like the idea. Here's the money. We'll do the script and come back to us. And if we like it again, then we can." So, so I'm over that hurdle, mm-hmm. um, uh, which is a big hurdle, uh, you know. So I mean, to get commissioned is the first, is the first hurdle to, to jump. So I'm doing that, and and um, I get to direct it as well. Yeah. You know. Which is great. And are you in it or? No, I wouldn't be in it. No, I wouldn't be in it. Um, I think to direct and to be in something is just a bit too much. Mm-hmm. So uh, because you have to have that eye, uh, you know, on things. I mean, I directed a, I directed two shorts, which I really enjoyed. Mm. Mm. But it, it's so not been for a little while. It's not it? been for a little while. The, sh- the last short I did was in two thousand and six, I think. Is that for BBC Two? Or? Uh, no, no, God, the, oh no. That was, I think, maybe you're getting mixed up with with a play that I wrote about yeah. in 1993. Oh, right, <laughs> wow. <laughs> you were about six years old or something at the it's time. It's my shoddy research, <laughs> isn't it? No, it doesn't matter. It's, it's, uh, that was uh, uh, directed by uh, by Danny Boyle. Yes. I wonder what happened to him. Um, it's got, got all quiet, hasn't it? Yeah, it was when he was directing, when he was a young director, uh, and he was, you know, Working for the BBC at the time. Well, not for the BBC, but he was, you know, directing plays, and and, um, and that was in 1993, I think, and that was on BBC Two. Mm. Uh, the short film was, was, I think, 2006 or 2007, and uh, we won a few awards with that as well. Right. Yes. And mm. it's. Uh, were you frustrated that that didn't then directly lead on to anything no, else? No, I mean, I'm not that. I didn't believe that that was. You know, that's a very naive thing because even you get directors you know big directors and they say after they they direct a movie um, it's like uh, really hard to get to get you know something else on and there I mean if you talk to people like you know Terry Gilliam for instance mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's like the you know the hoops that you have to jump through to get to get the money to get this to get that and you think well if you have to do it if you have to do that <laughs> you know, what the hell chance have I got so no I didn't I just um, but I just keep plugging away and plugging away but that short you did was that kind of totally a labour of love and or had you compromised a bit to get it commissioned no not at all I didn't compromise at all with it uh, we took the idea to the film board in Ireland and they liked the idea and it was very straightforward they gave me 80,000 euros to make it which is quite a good budget for a short mm. and uh, we went out and we put out all the money on the screen you know we had crane shots and we had rain machines and it's fantastic that's what you've got to do though isn't absolutely. it absolutely you put all the money up there show the money on the stage yeah, sure, as they say yeah, yeah. and uh, the crew were looking for a mobile phone you know everybody has a mobile phone and nobody's getting a mobile phone you know you use your own mobile phone <laughs> you use your own money <laughs> you want to phone me you phone me on your mobile phone I'm not paying for it off camera it's a slum yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah yes. that's what you got to do mm. but no I mean I enjoy stand up obviously I've been doing it a long time but when I get an idea for instance like for instance there was an idea the other day that uh, I don't know if you heard the story it was about a in the second world war there was a, a tank and they called it the Frey Bentos tank and it was stuck in the mud on the German lines and it and the Germans surrounded it and there was these eight guys in this tank and they fought the Germans off for like two hours and they succeeded you know they were victorious 
when I heard the story, I thought, that's a movie, that's a film right there, you know. But maybe other creative people I might think that's a, a play for the stage. It's 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 a poem, you know. It's it, it's a a routine for comedy. But the way I think, I think it's a it's a film. So when I get ideas, I I put them into sections. I go, what? That's a poem, so I'll write that. Or that's a play, or I'll write that. Or that's a, a movie. I do. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Or that's a comedy routine, mm. and that's the way I like to I like to work. And is it generally something that will happen to you? Yeah, or something you'll see. Something I'll see. Something will happen, and I I then my brain has to go. Well, you know, how can I use this? Mm. And that's the way I've always been. If you're an out and out comedian, then you're going to make it into a comedy routine. You know, no matter what, but I don't do that. But it's um, probably better if you've got a film out of an idea as opposed to well, exactly. a good ten minutes. <laughs> exactly, but there's comedians who would prefer that. Mm. Do you know oh, what I mean? Yeah. So that's just the difference. Yeah, and that ten minutes could take you all over the country. And uh, you, exactly. That's your living. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah. Whereas, you know, you've put together, you know, an idea for a film and then it gets accepted or not accepted, yeah, yeah, yeah. back to square one. There's a lot of work goes into development, you know, development hell. And it's getting harder and harder and harder. I mean, even when I did my play for the BB, uh, for BBC Two in, in 1983, whatever it was, I went along. I spoke to two people. I spoke to George Faber. He was the producer. Yeah. And I spoke to the editor, Alan Price, who was my... My editor, and that was it. You know, that was it. Now you've got to go and see like five people, and then you go and see somebody else, and, and it goes on and on and on. Yeah, and meetings, meetings, and meetings, and development, and reshaping it. And then the next thing, halfway through, the producer will leave. And you got a new <laughs> producer, and you go, no, no, no. I think what I want to do is just like it's crazy. You hear it that that someone will commission something. Yeah, that person will leave. Leave. And <laughs> the new person wants to put their own stamp on it. Of course, and then you've worked on it, and you've got like you know twenty pages of this, and then they want to change the whole thing. Or, you know, the, the, usually they don't want to do it at all. Mm. You know, they pull the plug on it, mm. and that's you know happened to me quite a few times. That's very frustrating. And it's specifically frustrating with the BBC, who you kind of think should be fostering, yeah. you know, good stuff. Well, I think I mean I think they do to a certain extent. It's just that. that it just dep- it depends. I mean, there's, it's all about ratings, you know. It really is all about ratings, and, and I can understand that. I mean, if you go along and you've got a fantastic script, and they know it's a fantastic script, the first, you know, forget about the script, no matter how fantastic it is, what they're thinking is, you know, so who's going to play the lead? We have to attach this person to this, and we have to attach that, and you know, at the, that's their criteria. Mm. You know, that's their... That's the way they think, uh, and unfortunately, um, that's what you need, mm. you know, mm. because you see, occasionally you'll see a film and it's got, like, you know, Al Pacino and De Niro and people in it, and you think this is going to be fantastic, and it's a piece of crap, you think, well, you know, how did that happen? So it's, it's, it's really odd. It's an It happens because you've got De Niro and you've got Pacino, and they've gone, let's make it, because we're businessmen. And we just want to sell it. We don't really care what what the content is. If he's in it, let's make it. And that's happening in Hollywood all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got to play that game, you know. If you to a certain extent, but there's only so much of that game that you can play where they're going, ah, oh, come on, you know. <laughs> I don't want a Lenny Henry in this. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the thing, yeah. Which I struggle with the whole libertarian point of view that. Um, 
you know, everything that it's a competition and that competition is good, which it is to an extent, but not everything has to have the goal of money. No. And it and it shouldn't. It shouldn't really. It shouldn't. And the BBC they used to be about that, but they're not about that anymore. And they can't be about that anymore because there is so much in competition. Mm. And and they're gonna go under if they don't. I mean HBO are probably you know, they are doing what the BBC, you know, should be doing mm. now. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but you see they're being paid from a different place. They're being paid by the people to make the thing. But then the BBC are as well. They've got this the TV mm. license, so they should use it mm. to make the... I mean, if HBO can do it, mm. then the BBC... I mean, you look at the things that you know HBO are producing, some fantastic stuff. Yeah. You know, the Sopranos and, you know, Boardwalk Empire and all those great comedies. And Just walks all over it. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. No, it, absolutely. It really is. And you just... You wonder, you know, with all these shake-ups at the BBC, whether eventually, you know... And get back to it, mm. or yeah, I think it needs maybe a, a, a big, a big successful hit that uh, yeah, you know, is unknown and doesn't have, as you say, Lenny Henry in it. And yeah. I don't mind Lenny Henry. I'm not saying anything <laughs> about Lenny Henry. I'm sure he's very good. Actually, he's uh, he's quite a good he's he's, uh, he's a quite a good stage actor. And I apparently, but he was at the National yeah. and all that. Yeah. So uh, yeah. No, and I think he's become. He has become kind of a scapegoat of. He has, yeah, 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 yeah. that's true. And it's, it, uh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be one of these comedians who are, who are slagging off, um, you know, p- p- people who are successful, like Michael McIntyre, <laughs> uh, people like that. <laughs> yeah. Which you do get a lot on the circuit, yeah. <laughs> people on the circuit hate Michael McIntyre, but the thing is, I think he's, I think he's very good. I think he's very clever. I think he's very good. It isn't really my type of comedy, but you have to admire the man. You know, he sees comedy in everything. Mm. If you see his routines, I mean, you just think, okay, it's 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 you know, observational, but it's very good. And to appeal to that many people, you know, I mean, that's you know, it has to be admired. I think. I mean, fitting arenas. I mean, arenas aren't forced on people. They're not forced on people at all. And you know, he can go to the O2. The size of that place. Mm. Mm. I mean, it's incredible. Have you seen comedy in like a big? I saw Eddie Izzard a couple of times. Um, uh, I know, I know Eddie from like from the old days, you know, and, and um, so I've seen him, but I don't particularly enjoy it. Mm. I have to say, I prefer over five hundred people. It gets a bit weird. Mm. Yeah, I know. But I don't have to worry about that. (laughs) (laughs) What a problem I have at the moment. (laughs) Another 600 people tonight. (sighs) If you got to that stage, yeah. But I mean, there are always ways around it, aren't there? Uh, I mean, very popular people do do theatres as well. Of course. Which is. I went to see Alexi Seal the other night. uh, He was. I think there was 200 people in the audience. Was it Soho? Soho Theatre, yeah. Mm. Yeah. It is. uh, Admirable that, was great. that people will, mm. yeah, and the intimate venue, it, it, it does, it's something special. About it lends it. itself to comedy much, much more, yeah, mm. for me, and yeah, no, absolutely. So, when you do like your shows in Edinburgh, mm. is it a what kind of room are you? Well, you know, usually, I mean, um, last year I did um, the assembly rooms, um, the new assembly the rooms, the new assembly rooms, and not to be confused with the assembly rooms <laughs> um, so um, yeah I, I, I did a show called uh, Struck by Lightning about being struck by lightning when I was 12 
and um, I did a whole show about it. But um, yeah, so I try to get a sort of a, a theatrical like the room has to be it's quite important that mm. you know. Dependent. And this particular room last year wasn't like a hundred percent. It could have been better, the room, like the space I was in, but yeah, you know, it was okay. Mm, mm. I think they were finding their feet somewhat. Some they were, it was a bit, the place looked a bit clinical, it looked a bit like a swimming pool. Oh, did you know, it? When you walked in, and, um, but I think, you know, Tommy Shepard, who's, uh, who's, you know, really shrewd guy, he'll, um, I mean, you know, when you're dealing with, you know, bureaucrats, which he is, it's the town hall people, you know, you can't touch this and don't put a poster up there and don't do this. But after a while, I think they'll, you know, they'll calm down and it'll become a little bit more grubbier, which is what it, it needs to do. Mm. And once they've become part of the furniture, yes. that's easier to happen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Once they've been there 15 years. Absolutely. Or... So at the moment, it's all a little bit, you know, don't, mm. you know, frighten horses. And it is just great to bring, um, you know, that side of town into to sort of the stands extended. Uh, absolutely. It's you just know, absolutely. It's great and. and um, I think it will be a success, mm. I really do, but it will take a few years, mm. two or three years. Just to build up that yeah. way, and then they'll sort of cross over to the bridge, and the cow <laughs> yeah, will kind yeah. of get further and Absolutely, further away. Yeah. <laughs> we, can, uh, we can hope, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I think, I think it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens to Edinburgh. It is, because every year I say, you know, it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and can it get any bigger? And mm. um, I don't know if they're going to have to put a cap on it at some point. <laughs> I mean, you know, because at, at the moment, it's at the moment it's like something like three thousand four hundred shows per day, mm. which is nuts. You know, it's just that's bonkers. <laughs> and unless you have a TV profile, it's getting harder and harder and harder mm. to get anybody to come see your show because you know that like the tickets are you know twenty quid, or, you know, something like that. And um, so it, it's it's just bizarre uh, the way it's grown. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it is difficult that people are seeing, I don't know, when people go to Edinburgh mm. and they do it properly, you know, they'll see five or five shows a day, maybe. Yeah. If you're paying 16 quid a ticket. I know. It's, I mean, how can you afford that? That's just not... I mean, it's just really... So you have to be, you know... Like, the choice that they have is so immense now in Edinburgh, so they have to kind of pick. And unless you're there with a big beacon on your head going, come over here! <laughs> and that's not really me. You know, I don't really push it that much. I don't, I don't have, like, a PR machine, and I don't do all of that. So it's, you know, kind of hard. Mm. You're not going to slap your well, I was, face on all the posts? No, not at all. I'm not going to... It's completely pointless. Mm. You know, mm. Completely pointless. I mean... I remember being at the Pleasance uh, in the courtyard and uh, <laughs> there was people going around with a leaflet, you know, going, well, do you want to come see my show? Because you know, the leaflet was a table full of leaflets. <laughs> and just behind them, there was a guy in a boiler suit with a black plastic bag and he was just scooping <laughs> 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 it's quite poetic it's almost. Just, you know, for me, that was just Edinburgh, just right there. You know, just like, you know, the craziness of it. Mm, mm. Um, so, but, you know, you ha the only thing with Edinburgh for me is that it's a deadline, you know, because you, you say you're going to do it end of February. That's when you <laughs> nail, you know, the thing. And you have your title for your show. And then you're committed. You pay your, you know, your sub to the fringe thing, and you know you're in by March. That's it. You know it's happened. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have to, and you have to go. And you know, I think everybody needs 
a deadline, but Edinburgh really is a crazy. That's know, the yeah. ultimate. I've deadline, had yeah. my poster on the wall of the show, and I haven't got anything on paper at all. Nothing. I have an idea, I have a title, that's it. It's like eight <laughs> weeks to go. Come on. So, it's, you know, and it's really good for that. And I suppose if you go out there, you can develop the show in Edinburgh and then you can you know, take it on after that. Mm. It becomes, I think it matures after Edinburgh as opposed to, um, you know. That's the final that's product. That's the final product when you take it there, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I think oh, that's the way I use it. It's a working sort of. Yeah. Yeah. but less and less people now are doing that when they go to Edinburgh like they start their sort of previews and they get, mm. you know previews in, say, in April I'm going what that's cheating you can't do that come on mm. you swat but yeah, no. they do they do so mm. by, the t- by the time they get to Edinburgh they're just like you know they're bang on the money and that's what you have to do now. And they come with their airbrushed poster. Yeah, the whole thing. The classic show yeah. and you yeah. know it's all you know, very slick. Slick and yeah you know uh, damn, that's what I go. have to do, be slick. <laughs> so are you in Edinburgh this year? You I don't know yet. Um, I don't know yet. Uh, there may be a big project. A okay. Co- it's quite mm-hmm. a big project, mm-hmm. it, which which may happen. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it may not happen. I don't know yet. I mean, I'm very close to knowing. Uh, probably within the next two weeks I'll know if it's um, going to happen or not. Can't say more than that at the moment. Fingers crossed. Yeah. But it's, it's a big theatrical project. Theatrical. Yeah, it's a big play. Wonderful. With at least ten in the cast. <laughs> Thank you, my Thank man. Thank you very much. Cheers. My pleasure.